Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the podcast is live in person with Steve Moramarco from the Steve Moramarco Conspiracy. And uh, we are in the town of Bisbee. Do just, I don't know, man. We go over all kinds of shit in this podcast. And you guys know I'm on the road. So I'm trying to do interesting podcasts for you. I hope you enjoy this one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Esoteric Gladiator. I am your host, Jeremy Lipsy, and today I am sitting in the tranquil settings of Bisbee, Arizona, up on a mountain in a little cave that is a Buddhist shrine, which I'm going to have my friend uh, Steve Maramaka. Maramarco. Maramarco. Uh, explain a little bit about. I had him on the podcast about six months ago. We did it by phone, and uh, we finally had our first of official in-person meeting. I was in uh, Hollywood about 11 years ago uh, on, at Harvard and Stone on Hollywood Boulevard and uh, getting drunk at my friend's uh, bar, and he always had live bands. And uh, it was towards the end of the night, and... Uh, Steve and his band, what was the name of the band back then? The Abe Lincoln Story. The Abe Lincoln Story were playing. And uh, rarely do I watch a band and just I'm so like struck by their music or performance that I like start following them on social media. And that night, for some reason, I uh, got his info and I started following him on Facebook and he started following me and over the years we've just kind of liked or whatever and then in the last couple of years when everything went crazy me and him kind of had a lot of similar outlooks and opinions and objectives and 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 ideas of things that were going on and we we started engaging a little bit more on social media and then it led to me asking him to come on the podcast and he's just such a character and he's such an incredible performer that uh while i was visiting my my parents in 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 arizona my dad in chino valley and my mom in goodyear which is about two hours apart I was like, who else do I know in Arizona? And I was like, oh, shit, Steve. And he was telling me about this bitchin' little town, Bisbee. Well, he was about four hours out of the way, but I decided, you know what? I can spare a day or two, um, and I'll make up for it in the end. So I reached out to Steve, and he said, sure, come on into town. You can come crash my my, my pad on my couch for a day or two, and uh, we'll do a podcast, and I'll show you around the town. And that's what we've been doing and i've been in town for almost 24 hours and we have done so much shit huh so steve yeah uh i want you to tell my listeners a little bit about yourself where you grew up how you got into music things you're into what's going on now and uh take it away steve (laughs) all right well i grew up in uh san diego little nook uh, called La Mesa, La Mesa, California. Uh, I've uh, always kind of, as a kid, I th- we visited Italy and uh, we got to meet the Pope somehow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my and my mom said that I, I saw everybody kissing his ring. And says, I'm like, I want to be the Pope. I don't know. That's uh, a funny story. Uh, but, uh, but, and now looking at uh, now all this I'm shit. the Pope. Now I'm in the Buddhist temple. Yeah, uh, uh, but uh, but anyway, I, you know I've always I was a performer as a kid. Uh, I was I was into magic as Me well. Me too. Uh, I had a little magic show when I was like in you know fourth grade or something. Did for the S- whole school. Side note. Uh- Steve introduced me to Magic Kenny Bang Bang, who is on my last podcast. So that's why he's he's bringing up magic right now. So, uh, so yeah, performing, and then uh, then I got into junior theater and was doing like musical theater a little bit. I was Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh, and that was like sort of one of my first uh, roles as a kid. And and then uh, you know, as I got older, I kind of. Well, I ended up going to UCLA for theater as well, so I was always sort of acting and, and music kind of side by side, but I didn't take music as seriously until I 
started went to college more or less and started writing songs after taking a lot of mushrooms and then I was suddenly like, oh music wow oh cool oh these cool. I just sort of something clicked and I was like okay and I met a, uh, 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 some some people and you know had a had a couple bands or had a band and then I met a a, a good friend we kind of hit it off like harmonies and quirky song ideas so uh, we had a band called Hill of Beans uh, we were a, a folk duo we called it Terror Folk and um, uh, that's when we started uh, I had a song from a previous band that uh, called Satan Lend Me a Dollar that uh, that uh, Sort of, he, my friend would play a little accordion, and it's sort of like a pol polka from hell, you know. Satan, Satan, lend me a dollar, and it was sort of an earworm. And uh, we put out a CD um, uh, in the '90s, basically 1990, a little six-song EP that had that song and a few other songs, and it, and it. We mailed it just, we didn't have a label, we didn't really have anything, we just mailed it to about, you know, a hundred radio stations, we got a list of college radio stations, I don't remember, mailed off a couple hundred, and then we mailed it, back then we didn't even, you know, there was no email, or was, you know, yeah. we just sent a little postcard with every CD saying, you know, if you like it, send it back, let us know how, the, the, and we got like ton, all these cards back, number one, number four, you know, so, yeah, Eugene, I think, KBOO Oregon played it, you know, all over the West Coast a lot, and yeah, you know, and Satan Let Me Dollar, a, a few, few of the other songs. What a I random mean, name. What Satan lend me a dollar? That just popped in my head. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I, you know, one of those things. That's the muse when it comes, and then it was like, what does that mean? And then, you know, I, I worked it out. And then we were like, then I was like, oh, all the good people want the money for themselves, so I got to turn Satan for money. Uh. That was the little twist. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of a, in my mind, a clever, you know, take on good and bad and you know so it, it fit into uh you know uh it felt good and yeah the song was a, a hit and uh i remember a, a drummer in another band uh his sister uh was a girl named genji genji cohen who went on about well yeah maybe 20 years later or 90 uh, 15 years later to create the show weeds which was on oh, Showtime. Yeah. And, but she remembered that song and was always like, you know, like Hill of Beans or whatever. And somehow she remembered that song and got in touch with me and put it on uh, the show Weeds. Uh, oh, wow. At, at the, 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 um, the last episode of the first season, the last, the, like the cliffhanger song, you know how... Sopranos had Don't Stop Believing and yeah. you know, right it was like that moment right at the end of the first season where you're like oh is it on every every show every, no no I'm saying the cliff the, just, just just the last episode? song of the of the first season it wasn't the the, the opening song was always the same but yeah. usually the closing song was different so it was on one episode one episode and then it was on the soundtrack and you know that and again people remembered it from the 90s and uh, you know, put me on the map a little bit, and people still, I mean, on Spotify, people still listen to that song all over the world, and it's, it's pretty pretty awesome, you know? How, how long were you in theater again? Well, I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, I was, what, eight or something when I was, well, even before that, yeah, I was in, you know, The Wizard of Oz, The Cowardly Lion, and the... I was always, you know, my father was a, a performer. Uh, he he was an actor at the Old Globe Theater in San Diego before, which eventually became a, you know, very 
prestigious place. And uh, he he did a lot of uh, stuff. He was a, a professor though. But uh, but yeah, there was always performance in my my life. And you know, I basically did it all the way through college. And then I would dabble in it here and there. I was in a, a Shakespeare group for a little while, you know, here and there. But yeah, you know, but I, I, eventually I was like, you know, this is too much work and, and too much drama. There always really seemed to be drama backstage. Oh, of as course. Well, as you know, I was like, uh, and just just a lot, of, and it, I don't know. And, and then I was like, you know, I'm just going to do TV films. Steve, what? I don't know if anybody's ever told you this. You are literally like a character out of a sitcom <laughs> or a movie. And like that. that's why like when I watched him perform on stage, I was like, who the fuck is this interesting, crazy individual? He looks like somebody I want to know. And like, Steve is a, he's a character out of a movie, and I gravitate towards those type well, of people. Well, I, I did a movie. Which I, movie? I actually, I, I mean, I made my own movie. Oh. It's called, yeah, I'll have to send you the link. Yes. It's called The Great Intervention, and I did it about 10 years ago for $5,000. And it's funny, it's, it's had a mini second life here in Bisbee. I haven't really, I was, I was very proud of it, and it stars my father and myself as a version of myself. Um... And, you know, I tried to get in a Sundance, didn't get it in, you know, any of the film festivals. But it was on YouTube. It's about 10,000 views and people watch it. And then uh, when I moved here, I almost was going to take it down or hide it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to. But then a couple people sort of found it and like, hey, we watch your movie. We love your movie. And then I showed it to other people. And people, you know, sort of joke with me. About what was the name of it again? It's called The Great Intervention. And the, the Great Intervention, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and the premise is that. I think a documentary film crew has discovered me as like, oh, this, but it turns out it's my parents who are trying to stage like a, get footage for a life intervention, like, you know, get a yeah. job, or, yeah. you know, do all stuff. So I, the, when I got the premise, I was like, ah, because I just, I, you know, I, I did have a, you know, a few crashes and burns after being, you know, Trying to be an actor, musician, as you know, I mean, yeah. it's a very hard life. It's a very a lot of rejection, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of ups and downs. One second you're the king, you know, whatever. But anyway, it's not who you blow. It's actually who you know. It seems well, like, right? Well, who you know, of course, yeah, and who you blow. And then, well, then it'll lead into <laughs> you have to who blow, you blow who you know. To, exactly, uh, but. You know, whatever. It's just it's it, it's it's a rough ride. I'm glad I stuck with it, and I always say, you know, stick with your dreams. You know, don't don't give up. Don't give up. I mean, the it's you know the number one regret of people on their deathbed is that they didn't live their dream. You know. So I've been saying it a lot lately. Most men live lives of quiet desperation. Yes, where's FTS Elliot? I think that, I no. think that was uh, William Blake. Okay, maybe. May, I think it was William Blake. Okay, maybe one of the. My father was a poetry teacher, and I, you know, heard that before as well. But yeah, one. Do of you the, feel like you've lived a life of quiet desperation, Steve? <laughs> Loud desperation. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. No, not yeah, not quiet desperation. Loud desperation. Or, uh, and and I've reached. I feel. I mean, I'm very lucky. I'm very, very happy. Nobody's life is perfect. Not everything is, you know, way I want it. But I am sure glad I did quit while I was ahead in terms of TV, film, whatever. Like I said, never made it to where I'm recognized, which is good. Believe me, I know famous people. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. So. But I and I made a little money and you know had a few. I was I had two lines on ER. I was on Everybody Hates Chris. You know I did some commercials. Whatever it, it was fine. But I was always you know just hanging on. You're always like one, but literally practically one phone call away from like the yeah. audition that gets you the job that gets you the boom. So that's the rat race. How they keep you in and. You can't ever have a regular job because, again, you're going to get the call the night before. You got to be 
you know, in, in Hollywood at 10 a.m. with the script memorized. And, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you know, you can't call your boss, you know, you, you know. So that made it where I always had a life kind of freelance living. And uh, I had a pickup truck and uh, we had, there was a member of the Recycler, the 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 ad quant class, oh, yeah. right? You know, I put an ad in saying instead of U-Haul, it said me haul and you know, get calls all the time. So that's what I do for side gigs more or yeah. less. Do painting, set painting back Yeah, before. I did that. You did scenic yeah. work back scenic before digital. Sign writing. And, well, yeah. Sign writing never went. Well, I guess well, it went. My what? dad was actually, uh, he was like kind of a high up guy in the in the prop making industry. And he always used to tell me when I was a little kid, oh, that's what you're going to do. You're going to do scenic art. And then by the time I became an adult, the printer took over. Right. And right, now that exactly. now the only people that were scenic, they still had some scenic. Right, so, they were all old yep, painters. Right. They, they weren't really getting anybody new and so right, that yeah, it was when I was in it, you but know, it was some like, guys I knew some right. guys and they got me in a few gigs because they right. liked my my talent. Right, right. If I'm sure for specialty, again for lettering, even that obviously went away. But yeah, when I was doing it, you know, the commercial we would do commercials and it would be ridiculous they'd spend who knows how much building like a pirate ship that you'd see for like three seconds or a facade of it and they need people aging it and i didn't know what the fuck i was doing but again you you know they call you up the night before too and hey you know we got a job you work like 15 hours or three days around make double time and all so it was a it was a mildly lucrative thing but again I, i you know i got out of that eventually and you know, was doing the manual labor, and then you know, little like I said, little jobs here and there. But um, and then I, uh, you know, got back into writing, and uh, that's where I, you know, sort of created a little freelance writing position for myself that I still do now through you know a site called Upwork, which I recommend to you know any person trying to get away get out of the grid you know uh it's a little marketplace that you can sort of if you're a graphic designer writer programmer anything you do on a computer you know you set your own rate and you look for jobs it's not easy but you know i was able to put a thing together and you know so it's been it's been a very you know moments of desperation again and uh Loud desperation. Loud desperation. But then again, always somehow coming back to you can't escape who you are. And uh, and uh, you can't escape who you are. No matter where you go, there you are, as they say. Yes. And I've always, I just even here, that. even here, you know, I moved to New York. I lived there. And you, you come back to who you are, you know, performer, artist, weirdo, I don't know what, people, you find your, 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 your people, and I've always been very lucky, and even in the small town, you know, I found my, my group of uh, eccentrics who, you know, know me, you know, like me for who I am, and yeah, you know, and I could just kind of be my, do my thing, which is, you know, whatever it is right now, just basically enjoying life, playing music, Writing, you know, that kind of thing. Hanging out with my dog, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Steve's got a, got a big dog named Otis. Yeah. What kind of dog is he? He's a rot shepherd. Okay. Uh-huh. I can see both of that. But he is a sweetheart. Yeah, he is really. I got really lucky with him, too. Got him in L.A., and he's just turned 10. And he is a big hit. Bisbee's also a big dog town. I think yes. you notice everybody's got a dog. You can bring him into all the bars, all the restaurants, really, any, everywhere. So uh, everybody's got dogs. And, you know, when I first moved here, you know, everybody knew Otis's name before me, my name. So Oh, that's the uh, way it works. So the, yeah, exactly. So, um, so uh yeah, so uh, I don't know where, where, where we're talking about, but yeah, I've always sort of been an artist. I tried to give it up, you know, several times again. I moved to New York, and I was just going to, whatever, work. Be internet. metropolitan. Yeah, and, you know, do, 
and then I ended up again going back to acting and going back to music and you know so. art is a jealous mistress <laughs> interesting yeah you know and it's I don't know again I'm uh, I, I'm, I'm very very happy and lucky and blessed to to have uh, been able to do all I've done and you know may not be a household name or whatever I don't I, I don't need that I mean I was striving for that at one point of course being an actor and you know being in the, the rat race but a lot of ways yeah who knows I could have been Alec Baldwin you know yeah you could have been Alec Baldwin yeah, you, or whatever anywhere you get in the spotlight and then the spot you know there's love and hate all of a sudden everybody yeah. hates you Whew. Yeah, well, that would be tough. Are they got you selling your soul for or something? Whatever. You know, exactly. some, one of those weird exactly. Hollywood parties. Yeah, exactly, or whatever. You know, yeah. just just you know. Uh, so I, I feel I, I feel good. You know, so yeah. I've done it all, like I said. So. so Steve, when's your birthday? How old are you? January ten. The day after my birthday, which is January 9th. Yeah, and uh, I will be fifty five coming up this year. I'm going to be 46. Okay, so yeah. So, so I'm hanging out with this old goat. He's teaching me new tricks, <laughs> right? Exactly. Actually, Steve is not an old goat. He's very spry, and we just got done climbing probably like 200 stairs yeah, or more yeah. in Bisbee. And so now we're in this mountain. Yeah, it's very – this town is very conducive, I think, to – Healthy living, I like to think. Again, yeah, the stairs, all you have to do is walk out your door and start climbing stairs. And Arizona in general is so beautiful and so, so many mountains everywhere and just lots of space. Yeah. I mean, at least outside. Even Tucson to me feels like LA light, you know? Really? Very light. I haven't been to Tucson in years. Okay. Seems very, I mean, it never feels traffic y or too bad. It always feels like it's moving. It's spread out, but it's not. It just feels like it was what LA could have been, you know, at least in my mind. Like, very, it, you know, very uh, livable in theory, you know. Yeah. If you were going to live in a big town like Phoenix, too, no way. too big. Tucson, not, you know. Phoenix is, even though it's like packed, it just seems so desolate in a weird way. Yeah, I don't, I, not, in, not my vibe. Until I moved here. Goodyear's pretty nice. Okay, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I would want to live there, right. but yeah, I don't in know. Like I said, basically, you know, I visited Phoenix. I I did a couple of music videos for the Meat Puppets a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. Met them and went to Phoenix and did that. I was, you know, hung out there really not too long, but that was sort of my extent. And I played in Tucson once, and you know, but yeah, just coming to Bisbee escaping the you know when LA just you know when they shut California down I was just that was just my sort of wake up call like I mean I didn't think I was leaving permanently but I was just like I gotta get out of here till till things some semblance of nor I was normalcy afraid, yeah something was gonna come back I was afraid people were gonna riot about the lockdowns you know so I was like but I, hey they embraced it yeah, they full embraced force it. they love it the they people love it. in L love their LA love their masks yeah. their yeah. their lockdowns Stockholm their syndrome all of California I mean they they could have recalled I thought oh my god they're gonna recall you know he so, he had to have cheated when have you ever heard of when have we ever heard of a governor getting recalled? Well, the, no, Gray Davis did. He did. Did he get yeah, recalled, he, though? That's how we got Schwartz. That's, that's, so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, news needed, that, that it just doesn't add up that he didn't get recalled. Yeah, then from historically... Then again, California, yeah, kind of, like you said, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, and then partially the media love, you know, as we know, the media is now, the you know, the fourth estate or whatever... Yeah. And they they control the narrative in California, so they weren't about to get rid of their darling yeah, Gavin so Newsom, who's kind of good so, looking, yeah, and exactly. you know they could just put prop him up like he's a character in a yeah. in a you know TV show or something. It's like it's so weird. Like they're they're more interested in looks and just this yeah, fictional whatever. character that these people are than actually what these fucking people are doing. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it is. I mean, I was trying to like, they people are like, uh, I mean, I follow it very 
you know, very mildly, but, you know, Larry Elder, who's a black guy, you know, I guess apparently, quote-unquote, conservative, but, like, people were freaking out. Oh, he's going to be so worse. They're like, wait, you could be, again, if you're a, quote, liberal, you could be responsible for having the first black yeah. governor of California. Yeah. Give him a shot. I mean, he's saying open up the state, you know, let's get yeah. back to, quote, normal. And that was the radical, like, oh, my God, he's going to destroy the country to me. Uh, again, that was just part of the well, whole Well, they clown think they're world, radical, so. radical because they have rainbow hair and piercings. I guess, but, yeah. That makes the most, them radical. Yeah, you know, so, but anyway, so I was a little sad for California, but... But the truth is, really, I think once you get outside of the L.A. bubble yes. and the San Francisco bubble, San Diego, as you'll see, I think you said you might be going there after yeah, here. Yeah, be going there The North Cal, a lot of places. Once you get out of the big city mindset, everybody, nobody's wearing masks. Nobody's, yeah. you know, they're, they're sick of it. They, you know... They, you know, they want they want the old life back. So, you know, and I hope it, it comes around. I think there's going to be a critical wake up point at some point. Every day we're getting closer. Every every jab comes another side effect. Another person is to be like, I'm not doing that yeah. again. And or, you know, my child, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, it, people, you know, I hope I hope it's not going to be too late. But yeah, we are in for some, you know, very interesting times, and, as they say. And it's amazing how, like, after every new jab, every booster, there's a new variant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They keep coming up and, you know, how quickly it becomes the buzzword, you know, and how weird they change it. Like, it was second calls the new, you know, they're going yeah. through the the uh, new Greek variant. And you. And they're, oh, no, no. That might confuse people. I don't know why they, but they quickly abandoned it and then jumped over Z or it's not however it's spelled because it's too close to, you know, the emperor of China, you know, name. Of course, that's bad optics because we don't want it, you know, whatever. So they're like, Omnicron. Yeah. Oh, yes. Ooh, that'll, that'll get yeah. clicks and give them a long, Give them a long, interesting name. Right. Well, you know what I th- think? Because, like, you know, we, we grew up in Southern California, right. and we both had right. things to do with the movie industry and right. things like that. Right. Um, it's like uh, either people, they, they watch the television... Right. And that be- literally becomes their fucking reality. Right. Or like people like us that worked in that reality, right. we saw it. This is fucking theater, dude. <laughs> this th- it's there's props. There's right. li- it's just it's a big fucking show, right. and we're like, guys, like this show is literally not gonna end well for you if you <laughs> keep, you know, losing yourself. Right. And the right. performance. Well, the seduction of fame and, you know, whatever, all that you see happen time and time again. Yeah. People reach the pinnacle and they crash and burn, maybe drugs, sex, whatever, killing someone or, you know, or being killed or, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 it's the seduction that keeps the fodder going. I mean, I'm not, you know... I don't know. I, like I said, we're not maybe... Are we going dark this podcast? Now know, we can do whatever saying, you want. But whatever. I'm just saying that uh, the lore of the big city and all that keeps the machine going so they have fresh meat, fresh blood, you know. Yeah. And those the chance, yeah, that, you, hey, you can make it if you just... You know, but but it's all uh, old boys club or, you know, who you know, like you said. And Absolutely. Or, uh, Are you going to toe the line? Right, right. And that became, but really, I mean, before all this stuff, you know, it was already hard enough to get, you know, a job and an agent and blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, yeah, man. If you're know, not going to toe the line. If yeah. you don't get your jab, you're not wearing a mask on set. I mean, sets were already kind of grueling and boring. Yeah. And, but the, once they, you know, once the, you know, first they just said, you can't work. And everybody, even our union was like, okay, just let us know when we're essential again. I'm like, 
No, we should be marching in the streets talking about how art is essential to life. You know, yeah. we should have been the first ones out there, but instead, no. And then they come up with all these bullshit protocols, and now it's all, you know, I mean, we're uh, all in this together. It's all, yeah. Oh, yeah, and all the rich people, they love the mask, of course, because they can walk around and not be bothered. And social distance, they'll never give up the mask. You know, yeah. they, again, they're, it's perfect for all the elites and the social distance, lockdowns. You think Gavin Newsom, like, worries about, he's got a, you know, 10 room mansion or whatever. He doesn't need to worry about social distancing. You know, they don't they don't they worry don't, about yeah, it. Yeah, they don't do that. They and they purposely break all the laws and get rub it in our faces. Yeah. Because it's the duplicity and then they'll apologize always, oh I'm sorry, you know, blah, you should have used better judgment. But meanwhile, everybody else, you know, yeah, you know, it's you know, it's Gavin Newsom made a mistake. We should forgive yeah, him. You know, he's he's still better than Larry Elder, that black guy. We can't have him do you know we don't know what he'll do you know they yeah. don't say it like that because they're quote liberals you know but they'll say you know but any, any and let's let's make a distinction we are not conservatives right we're i grew up uh, on the quote left now i don't even know what the yeah left me too is, you know so My i'm friend. just a you i'm trying to be a realist and a people person and i've always i grew up with the idea of color blindness when we grew up we, we grew up we, on hip-hop we, yeah whatever we we you know we just people you met people you weren't like judging people ba- you were just based on who they we are. grew up in southern california not fucking uh alabama yeah, exactly. right and even you know you know i just feel like yeah we we've we've made some wrong turns where we're still we need we we need to just you know i don't know my my friend marty said to me yesterday on the phone as i was driving to your place she said yeah i had this friend and you know and my friend marty is really generous great woman and full you know all of our friends are all you know multiple ethnicities and our ex-lovers and all that and um she said one of her friends like uh, a year ago because Marty was like she was like us and then she saw everything that was happening and she started posting shit like fuck this shit da 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 and one of her liberal friends that she was like really good friends with hit her up and said you know Marty I don't know what happened to you but I'm I'm, I'm gonna try and remember you the way that you were <laughs> and Marty said something like um, she's like I never changed. I just stopped. I just stopped. Uh, and I, I just don't like being lied to. Right. And and I so I started seeing our our our, you know, the leaning of the left for right. what it was, right, right. and and not for this fairy tale fantasy of what what I wanted it to be. Right, like, right. I, I don't like being played like a fool. Right. So I'm still the same person that I was. It's a shame that. You know, you're too blind to see that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's sad. I don't know. Yeah, I'm still just... So many, you know, musician friends, like I said, I yeah. was just really shocked, especially... It was basically mostly about, you know, the lockdown and all that was the kicker where they just were, like, at my throat for just questioning, like, hey, you know, maybe... Maybe it's not a good idea to like throw everyone out of work and you know. Oh yeah, you're a murderer. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, uh, so, so and then again, in a lot of ways, I was already done with LA finally, and it was like you know what, this is my perfect break. This is my perfect opportunity, and you know, when I came here and just as you feel it here already like you were just gonna stay a day maybe not even a full night. yeah i wasn't even gonna stay a full 24 hours <laughs> so all of a sudden he's like oh, i think i'll stay a night i don't know maybe you'll stay another night but i'm just saying or you'll come back but there's something here i mean and That's, i like it i feel it's pure i've been to sedona a little bit it's not as, sedona's cool yeah Sedona's it's really cool, cool it's cool but it's kind it's of not bisbee super it's not bisbee and it's too elitist from what i've heard it's very hard to you know the the rents there and the housing there to live there here is quote unquote i mean it's it's 
everywhere is, there's there's troubles, but I feel like it's it's a little more working class here, and there's you know you've got a really good mix of people, and it's uh, yeah so close to Tucson and close to other places. It's right next door to Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. You know, and it's just got, there's a reason besides the copper, which they found here, which, you know, made the, at least this version of the town, as we talked about, boom, starting in like 1880s or whatnot. Um, but it was, you know, when the, when the copper went away in the 70s and, you know, the hippies came and, re, you know, squatted in all the old miner shacks. It was because this, there's something here with the climate and the, the remoteness and the just something about the town. Like you said, yeah. it's just like it's, it, it deserved to live on and it has and it's going to keep thriving, uh, you know, in this way that, you know, I'm excited to be a part of just being part of the music scene so this podcast is literally in a time we are in a little tiny cave that is a it's an honor of the buddha cave there's all kinds of buddha stuff and offerings to the statue of buddha in this cave and we're looking out from this cave over the town of bisbee with this picturesque mountains behind it it is incredible uh last night when i got into town as i was driving to, to steve's house because he lives a little bit out of old old bit out of little old bisbee oh, correct right. uh i looked off to my right and i saw this just in this little valley or gully or whatever uh this little town that looked like a little miniature town out of like mr rogers or something it was right. incredible looking right. i was like right. oh my god That's, that looks like a, yeah. all the buildings were different colors and different shapes yeah. and sizes like, and and all the old architecture and and then, uh, you know, after walking around last night, like the architecture is very European, yeah, exactly. but it's a border town. So it almost has like a Mexico yeah, vibe. Yeah, exactly. It's got yeah. a, you know, and, and last night when we went and we met, you know, with his friends at, at, at his, his buddy's new bar that he just opened, it was like as a scene out of the movie Tombstone, everybody was wearing, you know, cowboy outfits and dressed to the gill. It was super awesome. And I met this magician that I just had on, Kenny Bang Bang, the magician, uh, who Steve introduced me to. And then and then from there, what we went down to the... Actually, we went before that. We had the drum. We were at a oh drum my circle. God. Tell us... <laughs> He, it was like symbiotic because he's like, hey, let's go to this drum circle and and we drive down to the border, right? right? Basically to the border. To the border. We could see the border from from uh, basically one of the streets that we were on. And we were like looking for this drum circle and we finally find it after driving around for a minute. And uh, the people there were really nice. They had made dinner and, and then we, we go out to the outside where there's this, this labyrinth and a, and a pit for fire and the lady starts talking and it turns out, and I remember right before she said it, I was thinking like, I wonder what the phase of the moon is in. Right. And she's like, literally, I'm talking about within five seconds. So we just want to bring in the new moon. Right. And I was just like, oh my God. And then, you know, there was like 20 people around this massive pit fire and they were playing. We were all playing drums. Everybody had a drum or a right. tambourine or, right. and dude, how incredible was that? <laughs> yeah, bro? It was, it was. It was cool. Like I said, I had heard it was going to happen. And yeah, there's little things that happen all the time in this town. Because like I said, we've got a, a good selection of artists, you know, as well as, you know, other and other people that enjoy the arts, which I think helps as well. You know, if everybody's a musician, we don't have anybody to listen, you know. So, but again, we have participatory, all the drummers, all ages, right? There are young kids yeah. there. Elderly folk, people, yeah. You know, so, and everybody just somehow has gotten along. And we are, we are over the hump with the the covid hysteria here then we haven't had a we had a mask mandate quote unquote for me i can't remember three four months that everybody mostly ignored but you have the karens or whatever on the facebook page you know but finally the new mayor just said it's over and you know there basically wasn't a peep and the people can wear a mask you want to wear a mask wear a mask go for it but you know 
you know, anyway, basically, right, you've walked around here, it's felt like the quote old normal, right? Nobody yeah. asked you for your vac status. Yeah. Anywhere we've been, you can go to any restaurant, any bar. There's always there's a couple concerts that they're gonna have a New Year's Eve concert where they're, you know, no vax or or party somewhere else if you're on vax. It's like, okay, yeah, I will. I'm not gonna party with you. Yeah. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> so, it's it's been it's, it's been very it's and again, that alone should be a wake up call to the entire world because if Bisbee if this thing was as horrible as they say it was, we should be decimated. decimated. I should I should know there's 4,000 people yeah, here, right? We're, we're right. We should have had lost a quarter. We should have lost 1,000 people. Instead, you know, you know, whatever I heard, rumor of supposedly one guy dying of COVID, you know. And now, re- ironically, recently, a few people I know have tested positive, you know. But, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, the point is life goes on. You know, yeah. Within you and without you to... T- George Harrison. Yeah, worse uh, things have happened to better people. You know, I mean, we survived the Spanish flu. More people died here in Bisbee for that. And we didn't even shut down. They didn't shut down St. Elmo's for that. Uh, But they did for, for the Rona for a while. But now, again, we're, everybody is like, Everybody in this town is like we've, again, we've reached this point where we need, we want to live. We're here on this planet to, to, to live and enjoy life as much as we can and and support each other for as long as we can. And when, you know, fear takes over, life ends, you know, yes. in a lot of ways for people. And that's what they've been crushing, crushing down. And they didn't, they tried to kill Bisbee, but they they failed. And now we're spouting well, it's because like you guys are a, a colony of artists in the middle yeah, of a but, but a, of a mountain. colony of yes. artists that are true free thinkers, a lot of them, and or at least more tolerant than, than I would say, L.A., you know yes. what I'm saying? Like, oh, my God. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people more than I like, in a sense, not more than I like, but I know many people that got the jab here and they're not you know mad at me or whatever or other people you know they're like you do what you want and blah 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 you know as opposed to you know LA and or you know people are being shunned you know nobody's shunning anybody and if anybody they're shunning themselves in their house and yeah. they're suffering you know but the rest of us are all we're all back we're all in the bars we're singing we're enjoying life and we're welcome I mean, people come here, come back. Remember what, remember what, what it was life to to shake someone's hand, even to give them a hug. A yeah, everybody you know. at that drum circle hugged me. Yeah, last exactly. Night. They weren't like I didn't know any of them hit. from Jack. You know, so and they, they all thought, hugged oh, that's me. It. Yeah, I mean that's the. That's what's so insidious about this whole thing is they took away our, our humanity. Our humanity. They put a our mask face. on your face. Yeah. They made you six feet apart. They took away even the handshake. You know, did the fist bump elbow. These are things that made society together. The smile, the hug, the handshake. That's how we built society on trust and learning emotions. And now they're, they yanked it away, you know, again, to, to put themselves on the pedestal and crush everyone down. And well, yeah. Like, and I think, you know, 2022 is going to be the year of enough where people, they're already saying it. Yeah. And it's getting, but it's like, you know what? I did it. We did it. We did our best. And it's enough. We need to go back. We for not for not only for ourselves, but for the children. Like I say, we're we're destroying this new generation. We're not. They're not growing up free to be you and me like I did, and or you know, be whatever you want. They're you know, you know, conform, wear the mask, social distance. Oh, you tested positive. You don't have any symptoms, but you know, you got to go home for. Two weeks and yeah. be isolated. They're training the, yes. them to be prisoners. Yes, you know? and that's that's what's They're truly like China. Terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Indoctrination of the kids, saying that you know, 
these things are out of your control and when the authoritarians say do this and do that you comply you know and that's what they're being brainwashed and it's 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 sad and it's scary and it breaks my heart and you know even Bisbee you know here there's a mat the schools have mask things and it's just ugh. but you know, ugh, ugh, you know. so Steve change the topic really quick because I want to know as a musician as as a funky crazy wild just super entertaining musician and and keep in mind I only saw you perform once but it was such an impactful performance that that, that, that 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 here we are 11 years later in a random cave overlooking Bisbee it's true the the, the great thing I've found I mean a couple times when I moved to New York too I didn't do much music in New York, but I had friends who, you know, I'd play my songs for. But here, it's nice to, you know, people, I get to kind of relive my own musical career. I'm still writing And I'm a fucking music snob, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, which is nice, but I'm able to, like, take my song, like, Satan Let Me Dollar. A lot of people haven't heard it, but actually, some people did. They remembered it from Weeds. This, This guy I knew had the soundtrack. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. So it's cool, and it gave me personal validity because honestly the LA music scene in a lot of ways is a bit cutthroat you know I mean I, I did okay over the years but I it told you a little I bit a lot of I told friends. you about the experience at the place where you yes, saw me where I couldn't I couldn't get another gig there he just didn't he went for whatever reason but I, you know there was you and a folk player that I had seen a a few weeks before or a few weeks later that I just was like of all the bands that I've seen him book you guys were like the yeah. standout ones and, right? you know, it was hard for me to get a gig there and then I couldn't get and then any of the clubs like the Echo and you know the, all the Oh, the there's so club, much there's the so rainbow. much there's so much you know competition hate the a play and then even yes yeah, you know that too but even just it's just hard part of it is there's so many bands but you know my thing is unique it's, it's a little different but even you know years later I I, I had a, a, a recently I had a viral video with a song called Fuck Youth which is a punk rock nice. song for old people that was, we were all dressing in our mod suits. We had like a half a million views, you know, not bad for a Facebook video. Still couldn't get a gig in, in L.A. It was still hard to get yeah. there. But anyway, whatever. Again, I had my own little reputation, and I, I, I was very Steve happy. was known for punching out security <laughs> guards. But, you know, whatever. I, I, I did well. I had this crazy 10-piece band for on and off for almost 20 years. Well, that was the... Babe Lincoln story. And so and my band members were generally very loyal. And, uh, and you know, there was a... Uh, but it was impossible to tour and and hard to get gigs and even fi- hard to find a stage to fit them all, you know. So whatever, all I'm saying is, you know, being in that big big pond here's a a smaller pond you know everybody you know i'm not saying you know i got my niche of people that like what i'm doing and you know it's not quite for everyone that's fine but i i I feel like people know me and now i i can get a gig and i have my people here listen listen to the lyrics and and, and like something different, so I I, I've, I fit in uh, much better. And, and in a lot of ways, I was saying when I moved here, uh, this reminds me of the early '90s Silver Lake Coffee House yes. when I used to know back and we'd hang yeah. out and you know Elliot just, Smith. Well, yeah, I didn't know. I knew him a little bit, but he he. Uh, uh, but yeah, one of my all time favorites. Yeah, yeah. He he moved to LA just as I was moving to Brooklyn, which was kind of. But I, but I met him a few times. Yeah, good. But yeah, in the early days, you know, it was just the coffee houses. and we. I have them. a random story. Oh, yeah. So I met this girl online, and I was just traveling through L.A., right? right? And, you know, the last time I was traveling all over, right. before I lived in Washington four years ago. So I meet her online. We meet up, and we meet, because she's traveling around, right. too, just like me, right? Right. Um, and... Uh, 
she her she was staying with her friend in Silver Lake okay. at Beck's old apartment. Oh, which one? You know, I don't remember. It was you walk upstairs. And, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it well, was... Well, okay. It, was it Silver Lake? Uh, there was one or, in Highland Park. Maybe it was... Lincoln uh, Heights-ish. I don't know. I anyway, whatever. He lived a, a few places. He, he actually rent, rented one of my old house apartments from me that was this funky converted garage that that wasn't the place you were staying but yeah i'm sure but like it was like right off the main drag uh, oh yeah, yeah oh yeah 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 it was like yeah. a couple blocks that we walked up a couple blocks yeah from the lots of plants coffee house. was it yes. near the tropicana yeah i, I the think tropicana so coffee house there's yeah there was a lot of yeah there was a lot of like restaurants and coffee right. houses yeah, and yeah. juice oh, yeah. bars well, right there yeah we all lived you know that, that in was different... in uh that was in uh Silver Lake. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, yeah, I mean, there was a place called the Silver Lake Lounge around the corner. That was one of the places. He, like many of us, moved around a lot, but I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, it's so random. She's like, oh, but, this is Beck's old apartment. Right. And I was like, and I remember, so the funny story with Beck is, it's, yeah, yeah, I liked some of Beck's, like, right. popier music right. a little bit. I was never, like, a huge fan. Right. But once I heard Sea Change, okay. <laughs> a lot of people didn't like yeah, that. Yeah, that's where I kind of checked. I'm out, like, honestly. well, yeah. well, and then I heard it as I was going through a breakup. Right. So imagine that, yeah, and then yeah. I heard later he wrote that from a breakup. Right. I, I, right. And still right. now, every once in a while, I'll put it on and get nostalgic. Yeah, I got it's into a it deep for a album, too. Man. Yeah, I, I warmed up to it afterward, but yeah, in my mind, that was kind of the break where he became a little. But whatever, he's. He's and I did. I was very lucky to see him one last time right before the lockdown, before I moved out of LA, and I hadn't seen him in like fifteen years. And you know, my friend said he lit up when he saw me, and we, uh, you know, we were we were tight back in the day. And I, I always. I know. think I lit up when I saw you yesterday. It was like, <laughs> dude, that fuck, life is so fucking random, bro. Right, it's it is. This is a great randomness, and it does. It makes me feel good. I I make connections with people with you for my music, for people here and all over the world. Like I said, I, I you know, I may not have like millions of people, but uh, enough to sustain me and, and make me go, okay, my shit, you know, it's it's not for everyone, but there's a market for it. There is people who listen to it go, oh, this is a good songwriter. This is cool. I like this music. I, so it sustains me. And again, to find this little corner of the world where now I can basically get, get a gig almost any whenever I want, even play in the street if I want. And, uh, and people listen, and 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 I, you know, my goal now is just to be part of the Bisbee ephemera, part of the music scene. Where you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna say people are. Oh, I'm gonna come to here to see Steve Moore. But there is a lot, maybe, a lot of tourists, right? But oh yeah, we get a lot from you know, uh, from to from well, you know, Tucson. The, over the weekend and you know it's 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 good in a way like i said it's not completely overrun but uh people come here yeah to, to hear music to to see art and you know so very yeah, artsy to be town a part of it and and you know yeah i don't think i'm gonna be doing much touring too much so it's it's nice to just have a home base not unless you get that jibby jab in your exactly. boosters exactly hey, so see if you're gonna have to that. go to the hospital if you decide to do that they're gonna be throwing vaccines at you like darts <laughs> like we were doing yeah we went and oh we, yeah that's the other thing we did today we, we threw some knives yeah I, I threw knives for the first time i posted some videos on my facebook and instagram of us throwing knives it's it's been like non-stop yeah, since i saying. got so here we got we've here. just been adventuring yeah, knife throwing drums circle tonight uh, we're going to the seance room the for seance magic room. Uh, magic yeah. performance yeah, right yeah. i mean we'll go we'll probably go to the social club because we didn't do that the little quote speakeasy here there's oh, okay. a band there's kind of a latin flavored band a little dancing there whatever uh uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll just hit, we'll probably hit Chuckles again, maybe St. Elmo, whatever, maybe the Hitching Post again, who knows, yeah. I don't know, you know. It's so, just like, I wanted to ask you, see, this is going to be, okay, some of your favorite, three of your favorite bands of all time. You know what, five, since five, you're a well, fucking okay, musician. interesting, well, okay, well, I always kind of, as a kid. And I know that's. 
is I know yeah, you and fine. me probably that's know fine. more about music that's than most fine. people. I, I, I do. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, one of my one of the first ones I I mean besides I'm going to stay away from the Beatles but I uh, you know uh, the jam was a big influence on me as a kid for whatever reason. I really a friend of mine turned me on to him and what was it even like 7th eighth grade pretty young pretty young like 82 81 uh, the jam i don't know if you knew they were paul weller he went on to do the style council and uh he's a solo artist now very mod i was very into kind of the mods with the suits and the rickenbacker uh, and okay. like the who were kind of one of the mod yeah. bands the small faces but like the mod bands of the the, the 60s, 60s and 70s but in the 70s when the punk scene started up there's a band called the jam and they they'd wear the suits and you know they were just super angry and jumping around and yeah that was one of the first I, and that was one of the first concerts i saw in la we got driven up to la and saw the jam i was like oh my god this they had a song called town called malice that was their biggest hit i don't know if you know that but anyway whatever they were sort of a big influence on me at one point and then when i did this video fuck youth uh you know back in i guess it was about 2018 is when you it channeled came out. your energy I, I did we wore the through suits and uh, I'm playing a Rickenbacker, and it's very uh, modeled that uh, yeah. a lot. And you know, kind of a dream come true. And we're it really did well in the UK. Like we were kind of mini popular, and for a minute, uh, for a minute, I thought we were gonna start touring. And you know, but my bass player, we, you know, kind of like the jam. Actually, they had some fighting in that band. But yeah, we thinking along and he was a corporate dude and we we couldn't really tour but it was fr it was both amazing and frustrating to have to see this uh video go worldwide and the, all these mods sharing it and and uh Spanish blogs writing about it and talking about you know and then I was able to press some vinyl my first time to have uh you know it took half a million views to be able to sell like a hundred albums now because you know nobody buys it but again eh, whatever it did I, i'm very happy with that and uh and so so the jam i'm gonna i always say they were you know one of the, the big influences uh the kinks you know uh ray davies uh uh um um uh, uh who are my uh, uh other but you know, I mean, I can say the Beatles a, a bit, of course. I mean, they sort of a staple, like I feel like. Um, but uh, yeah, I loved Otis Redding was a big influence on me, and, and my dog I named after him. The, I loved the soul, uh, um, and that was sort of the part of the the Abe Lincoln story, like the band you saw. Um, yeah, you had so many different instruments. In yeah, that band. yeah, well, and you, you know, were we just had a little horn section, section, and uh, you know, and crammed on that weird little Harvard and Stone stage. But that's when I got. Uh, you know, yeah, I loved Booker T and the whole stacks scene with Rufus Thomas. I don't know if you know that, but the funk soul kind of sound of the 70s, I really got into. Um, uh, and then I like, you know, I like the rockabilly and the, you know, uh, just the, um, that, that feel. I mean, yeah, there's, I, I mean, my, my, my iPod or whatever, but my phone now is yeah full of a lot of like to listen to a lot of gospel, like old gospel, and then you know some country filters and Jerry Reed. You know, I mean, I'm gonna have to get you into Coulter Wall, man. Oh yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, you know, but you know, my top ones the Jam. Uh, 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 the, the the Beatles, I'll say the Kinks. Uh, I, um, um, I'm trying. Small faces I really loved, and the Zombies. You know, I mean the. Um, I've heard of both those bands. I don't think know, I've the heard small them. faces you heard like. Uh, it's all too beautiful. You know that song from. Hmm. I don't know. But anyway, whatever. Uh, they were sort of really one of the first mod bands, and they, uh, I, I was really in, even the, you know, I was into that 
period for a minute where all the bands wore suits. You know, grunge came along. I was like, yeah, you know, wear the, the jeans and the yeah. t-shirts yeah, yeah, yeah. and the punk. I mean, I was kind of like, you're performing on a show. Dress up nice, put on a show. That was my the nineties was such an angry era. Yeah, and it was yeah, and angry music was never quite my thing. Too much more pain in my heart. Otis Redding, you know, he was yeah. Mr. Pitfall, the Saul. Like, I was, I was never even though the jam was kind of angry. They were uh, the angriest or whatever. But I was never into like Tool or Rage Against the Machine or Nirvana for a minute. Okay, but but you know, I was uh, I never. Listen to music for anger. I listen to it, yeah, for energy, for joy, for inspiration. And I like, you know, the melody and the rhythm and the groove dancing music. I mean, I got into, you know, swing dancing for a bit. I like the old, you know, style stuff. I don't know if that completely answers you, yeah, your no, question, but yeah, I, you know, that sort of. I I kind of just tr- try and mix it up. I don't. I, everything's always on shuffle on my phone, so yeah. Know. And I too. listen to WFMU a lot, which just has all kinds of free form, you know. So I'm always just kind of trying to listen to stuff. But again, yeah, new music, you know. I, I don't know. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of. That's the thing is a lot of people think the new music isn't good. Right. I, I know so. So Steve, I wanted to ask you a couple questions before we end this podcast. Uh, what what are your uh, what are your fears for the future if you have any? Right, right again, uh, you know, sadly, I, I I am afraid that that we're gonna go into this totalitarian world where 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 every you know aspect of our lives is micromanaged by pharmaceutical and medical industrial complex you know i mean that's what they're really pushing and it's just so wrong on so many levels even if you think you know a vaccine you know works or whatever it's it's the doorway they're opening up this pass and then yeah. the health pass and then there'll be no as privacy. we see a new dome privacy first of all and, and no choice about anything and a new variant hey you know this just came out okay you need another jab you know and it's not about it's 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 all money and they're selling it again oh it's free for now, a quote-unquote yeah. free. Well, I mean, Pfizer obviously, made like I think like five oh, billion oh dollars God. this year. It's crazy. Shit. I mean, they are going through so. Wrong, pe- yeah, no, sure it was much. pretty high. It, it's. I wouldn't be shocked at all. All of them, and so, so when you, when when you realize that it's like it's not about health. It's because it's all hoarding too. And even the WHO is like, hey, you're not sending the vaccine. You know, you're hoarding the bo- boosters, and there's all yeah, these kapor. A countries. sense of scarcity to mind fuck yeah, you. Part oh my of god, that. we gotta get the boosters. Then. Right, right, and so now, weird. and it is. It's very, it's very polarizing, and they're demonizing people again for, for personal medical decisions, and they're gonna start. And and that's that's my fear for and the children. That's again my fear is the children are growing up conditioned to be prisoners. I think we did touch on this earlier with yeah. the masks before the we had a glitch in the tape. But so anyway, yeah, my fear is children are growing up less free than we are in America. That's yeah. we should be like you know our parents. You know we we took a step back in a lot of ways already in terms of income and you know like our our parents you know i didn't they all all of our parents own homes yeah they exactly i mean i got very lucky and you know other people but as a society and you know we took a step back for whatever reason so but uh but but you know so so that's my biggest fear i i'm not i'm not worried about pandemics i'm worried about more of the fear of the pandemics which is what we've seen taking over the world and micromanaging everybody's life to 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 death literally and and we're going to lose lose our humanity and once we lose that that's what we're finding too people wear masks and they they there's more violence now there's just you know, and it's all, it is a lot related, I think, innocuously to the mask, the 
anonymousness of it that makes us anonymous and, and yet doesn't let us connect with our other people and yes. and and again this whole generation is going to grow up and they're going to they're going to miss something and we can't even put a price tag on it cuz we're not going to know 20 years from now so that's that's my biggest fear um that's really what, it i mean what are your hopes where my hope is that again we're going to take off the shackles take off the mask and we're going to we're the world is going to switch in a way that they didn't expect yes <laughs> and they're like oh shit you mean everybody, everybody suddenly turned off their TV? Everybody just smashed their phone, like all of America. We went, back, we all went back to being Amish and churning Artists. our own yes. bunder or whatever, and left all the big cities. And again, like towns like Bisbee, where we're like, you know, what? we don't need that. We don't need Hollywood. We don't need, you know, whatever Broadway, or we don't need the big city. The lure of the big city is evaporated. Maybe you'll get, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the small town is going to come back and and the individual is going to come back and where we're just these little you know people yeah maybe just like anything else like there's overkill we're finally going to be the next generation is you know you know they're not going to put on the meta headgear they're going to throw it off and they're going to smash it like i said they're going to start building things and they're gonna they're gonna go back to maypole dancing and you know whatever yeah. they're gonna we're gonna go back to na- everything is cyclical so absolutely we're we're now in this and i did read this interesting philosopher who talked about like you know again we come apart and then we come together like we were in a sort of a co- connectivity with all this technology but now that's now kind of being blown apart now we're kind of scattering because um, we're we're shifting the world and and yeah my hope is that it just creates these little places and you know and we don't yeah die you know frothing at the mouth <laughs> well steve again man it's been an awesome fucking yeah. podcast thank you so much i mean like the set setting we yes. just had for the podcast i'm glad best like podcast idea. setting i've had yeah. and i've been in some pretty incredible uh-huh. uh, podcast settings this by far overlooking the town of Bisbee from good. a cave in the mountain <laughs> and and just just the last 24 hours here have been yeah. so it's been so action packed steve has been uh, go 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 and uh great outlook on life and great you know support group and friend group and i'm just so grateful that he's introduced me to the people and he's been hospitable and and just uh he's he's just another wild wacky (laughs) fucking amazing you know deep artist in this in this ocean of you know people who are virtually unknown but like cause such amazing ripples in the ocean uh with the droplets of creativity that we put out to the world so steve thank you for coming on it's awesome to do this live brother yeah right brother thank you guys mind body spirit love healing truth we out (laughs) yeah